Welcome to the Mark of a Leader podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Fernandez. We're here with our CEO and Chief Storyteller, Mr. Doug Healy. Doug, thanks for doing this. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, Danielle. All right, let's kick things off right now with the origin story. Go ahead. Well, uh, let's put context on origin stories before I describe them. Um, I, I think it's important to understand the, the role of a story in culture, whether it's a corporate culture or a societal culture. Stories have always been the glue that bind cultures together, and they can take many forms, back from the early drawings in caves to um, songs and uh, verbally delivered, orally delivered stories. And then after writing, obviously, written stories and now film uh, and so on. But throughout human history, stories have been what pass uh, culture on between generations. And it's not a surprise or a curiosity that every religious book in the world is essentially a storybook. And uh, those stories tell the members of that religion how they should behave. And we think that that has a huge impact on performance because when you take collective behavior, it's called culture. And I think most people would have a hard time arguing that culture has a big impact on performance in business. So that's why stories as the root of culture are so critical. Can you give us an example of how uh, this applies in a business setting? Well... Uh, maybe the most famous uh, business story uh, is the origin story of HP, Hewlett-Packard, uh, where Bill and Dave Hewlett-Packard uh, were in a garage, uh, in one of their garages, and it's where they invented a sen- essentially a scope uh, for Disney that would uh, measure sound in uh, theaters, and it was to allow theaters to improve the quality of sound. Uh, for Disney movies. And uh, they invented that. It was very successful and it was kind of the root of HP. And that idea about uh, going into the garage and inventing or creating became the literal foundation story of Silicon Valley. And uh, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak famously started Apple in a garage and and there are many more. So the garage became the metaphor uh, for innovation. And it was the the origin story of uh, HP. A few years ago, I was speaking at a global HP conference and Meg Whitman, then CEO, uh, came in by video and she talked to this audience of a few thousand salespeople about how they really had to get back to their origin story, to the garage story, as it was called. And what she said around that was that we've lost a lot of our innovation. We've become big and bureaucratic and complex, and the products have become complex, and we've lost our innovative roots. And uh, and so we got to get back to the garage, was how uh, she described it. So this is essentially what you call an origin story, right? That's an origin story. And and sadly, I think many companies have lost them. Uh, HP is just representative of a lot of companies. Uh, I was working with a, a fantastic uh, medical supply company recently uh, with the sales team doing a, a storytelling for sales training session. And one of them, uh, when we were talking about the origin story, stood up and, and talked about and told her version of how the company had been formed. And the CEO and founder was there in the room. And the result was she, the CEO said, that isn't even close to what the real story was. So it had 
it hadn't been lost completely, but it had been so distorted over time that it didn't actually bear any resemblance to the real story anymore. So as I say, I think it's a truth in, in way too many businesses that if you, if you go and ask your average employee, well, how did this company start? Um, you know, at Dell, how many people know that Michael Dell started that company in his dorm room at, at college, you know, or that the Under Armour guy started in a basement in New York? I mean, people have forgotten that story, but it's the, it's the root of where they started. So how do you resolve this? Well, um, in our work, we, we look at our work as we speak at conferences, so we call it speaking services, and we do what we call story programs, where we train people to be better storytellers, and we also go inside organizations and help them kind of resurrect to, to capture and then craft their best stories. So we, we very often will write the story out. So it's there consistently. We'll capture it on video because video is easy to disseminate and share uh, these days. So vi both video and writing. And, uh, and we'll lock their, these stories in so that they're there for a company to use as very, very powerful tools, we think, across the whole organization, across HR, sales, leadership, and so on. Does this also apply to a company's brand story? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, but I think a brand story is only one type of story. So with respect to, to advertising agencies today, story is a very popular word to use. But I think brand story is only one very simple version of a story. Now, let's just take that. If, you, if I went and asked uh, 50 people, uh, what does your company do? I would get 50 different answers. And if you're an organization that's got people out there in the street, you don't want that. You want people to be able to deliver a reasonably consistent answer so that you're getting a consistent message out there about what you do. And that's where I think the brand story is very important, that, that everyone understands here's, here's what we do and how we do it. Um, we worked last year with a company called iGel, who are a technology company out of Germany, and they discovered that they had that problem. So we worked very closely with them to craft that story and then to work with the sales team and, in fact, all of their hundreds of employees so that they could deliver that story consistently. Very effective. So what do you do about it? Well, as I said, we, we help craft it and we help um, set up programs where our clients can... Uh, put a system and a process around capturing stories and then uh, telling them and telling them in a way that's interesting. You'd be amazed at how little real understanding of what a story is there is in the corporate world these days. I mean, I, I deal with companies ranging from, uh, I, I dealt yesterday with two guys who have an investment fund and they're the only employees, entrepreneur, startup. And next week I'm with Microsoft, you know, 30,000 people at a big event and everything in between. And, and if you ask people what a story is, they'll give you very, very different descriptions. I mean, people will put a bullet point slide up and say, well, that's the story. You know, that's not the story. That's the data behind the story. Uh, you and I joked about a, an event that happened to me uh, a couple of weeks ago where I attended a session which was called The Science of Storytelling, and, and there was not a single story told at the whole presentation. And I've listened to people whose titles say that they're the head storyteller at a company, and, and there's no stories being told. 
So our, our job is to help fix that. What do you think the difference is between a company's brand story and their advertising? Well, good question. So I, I refer to ad agencies, and, and I think they're doing a great job of helping, a lot of them are helping their clients figure out what their story is. Um, but there's a lot of ways um, to look at that. You know, when you think of ads, most ads only give you a little bit of the story um, to try and entice you to connect more as opposed to really nailing here's what the story is. So let me give you an example. Um, Apple's 1984 commercial, uh, generally regarded as, if not the best, one of the best television commercials ever made. They actually borrowed George Orwell's 1984 commercial, and if you've never seen it, um, the story is this huge hall, um, Blade Runner-style um, room, very dark, very dingy, and a lot of very drone-looking people sitting in it. And a young, good-looking athletic woman comes, and there's a voice talking on the screen, and um, she smashes through the screen. And the title at the end says, uh, you know, in January, Apple's going to introduce Macintosh, and you'll understand why 1984 won't be like 1984. And so all they did was set up the Macintosh versus at the time, what was IBM, um, where the joke was everyone wore blue suits and they all looked the same. So they set the drones up and Ridley Scott shot it so it looked kind of Blade Runnery. Um, th they didn't tell you any more than that about the product, but what's really unique about it was everyone was selling features and benefits in the con computer business back then. The, they were the first guys to say, the heck with features and benefits. We're going to show you what we stand for as a company. So we're the good-looking, revolutionary, do-it-different, and everyone else is the drones. Um, I remember when I was a kid, there was a very famous commercial for Volkswagen where all they did was show a, a Volkswagen bug, a beetle, going through a horrible snowstorm and you could hardly see anything. And uh, eventually it stopped and you heard the door close and, the, and it panned up and there was a snowplow sitting there in this huge mountain of snow. And it just had a title that said, ever wonder how the uh, snowplow driver gets to the snowplow. And that was all they said. And it was basically selling Volkswagen wagon as being a great vehicle for winter. The point of both of those being uh, neither of them actually encapsulate here's the whole brand um, and, and what it really means to you as a customer. Apple showed what it stand for to attract or what it stood for to attract people who wanted to be different. Volkswagen showed one feature and benefit. Um, both totally valid. The stories that we are usually getting people to tell around the origin story or their mission, vision, and value stories are drilled down a little bit deeper into, okay, what really do we stand for? What do we tell our customers and our people? Thanks, Doug. That was fantastic. Thanks, Danielle.